I've got friends in low podcast with the whiskey rounds and the podcast chases our blues away. And I'll be okay. Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Rotten Potatoes Podcast, brought to you by Denver, Colorado's Cook Street Productions. My name is Nate, and I will be your host tonight. Why don't we go around the table, each of you say your name, and tell us your favorite tennis player currently. (laughs) (laughs) The current one makes it rough. (laughs) Do you want to go for all of us, Evan? It's tough. I mean, with Federer and Nadal kind of fading to the wind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. the back seat. I like Djokovic, but he's not my favorite. Oh, Gael Monfils. Great. He's French. He's black. Yeah. <laughs> he's great on clay. He's good enough. for tennis. Oh, it's just great. He's great on clay. He's great on clay. He grew up in France. So, <laughs> he's, so he's a real French Open guy. Yeah, Is that why he's good on clay? clay? Is that why he's good? Because he started in France? Yeah. Well, yeah. the French Open is clay. Does that does that mean they play yeah. a lot of courts in France or, or clay? Yes. So that's why he'd be good at it. Right. I got it. But why? So. so. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Introduction. Just a quick. Just a quick. Why is clay like? I know clay's slower. Like to be good at clay, what are you good at? Drop shots. No, because <laughs> you can get to those easily. The you're you have good endurance. Right. You're not a hard hitter. You're not a big server because it slows you down. But isn't Nadal great on clay and he's yeah. he's a heavy hitter? Yeah, but he's not a big server. He's not like he's, Sampras. He's, no, got well, a, he's got one arm that's twice the size as the other. Oh. It's crazy. Well, is that real Lady in the Water? Is Lady in the Water based on Nadal? No, it was the opposite. Yeah. Nadal based on Lady in the Water. Oh, my name is Evan. And my name's Justin. I'm going to go with a younger player. Um, I've never seen him or her play. But whoever is the daughter or son of Andre Agassi and Steffi Groff, uh, yeah. invest in the future. If you yeah. got to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Going to be a great tennis baller. My, na- <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name's Travis. And mine is that, you know the, the girl that um, wears that the white skirt? Phil a pussy. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, one of us was going to say if you're lucky. Okay, take two. Yeah, that, was, that was it. That one. She's good. She's great. There's a lot of them. No, I know, but she's all of them. The, grunt, the grunter, not Serena. No. Caroline oh, no, no, Wozniacki. No, I don't want. I don't want a specific one. But oh, like, you, you know, mean... like when you ask when you ask a girl. Um, what kind of athletes they're most attracted to? They say like mm. s- swimmers or soccer players. Like for men, it's tennis players. Right? Yeah, like Billie Jean King. When I close my eyes, I can no. Oh no, not Billie Jean King. <laughs> when I close my eyes, I can picture. I mean, it's it's kind of like the corner co- like a corner cover with dark hair. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh huh. That's it. That's You've invented a hot tennis player. <laughs> yeah, that one. And that one's your favorite. Arancha Sanchez Vacario. <laughs> I like a name her, like that. I like her because she's interesting. <laughs> she loves Elliot Smith. And <laughs> who's your favorite? Um, currently? Yeah. Hmm. Whoever is around thirty to one to win the. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good answer. You like your long shots. I don't want ten to one. I don't want eighty. Eighteen to one's nice. Eighteen to thirty, like a thirty okay. to one could win it, right? Okay. Jim Furyk. <laughs> That's a person. Golfer? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Quit golf and moved on <laughs> to another right. country club sport. That would be interesting. If Those are bad two... odds. Jim Furyk, 30 to 1 <laughs> with the French Open. If there was a two-sport star and for tennis, tennis and golf. And golf. Oh, just God. the hero of all old white men. Yeah. Such a country club kid. <laughs> Uh, as always, we'll be betting on the Rotten Tomatoes score for a movie that's in theaters right now. Um, whoever's furthest away from the actual score will be forced to see that movie alone, um, which I think in this case is it's probably a big one. I think people want to yeah. see this with friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not like it wouldn't be bad seeing it alone, but it is. Yeah, yeah. you want to. It's going to be good. What's Grand, the, what's Grand the Boob has Hotel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Hadn't gotten good, to it yet. Good teaser. It's a good teaser. <laughs> yeah, just teaser. Keep them on the line. The Grand Budapest Hotel is what we'll be speaking about today. Um, but before we get to that, I'd like to do a quick recap of a, of a movie set in a similar time. Um, hmm. Monuments Men. Right. Man. I didn't think I, I could be disappointed. I mean, I, I, 
I didn't think I could be because you had low expectations. I had low expectations, but wow, just I haven't heard really? a single thing about it since we talked about it's it. It's the the tonal thing we read about is like they did relatively well with like sets and all, making it feel kind of World War Two y. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you liked the sets. No, I'm just saying like yeah. they did, but like it still just felt so fake. Right. And, like yeah. it, you didn't, you know, like two of the main characters, spoiler alert, die. And you don't give one shit. Like, you just didn't get much time on that spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about it. Pause it. Tune out now. Yeah. So do you, well, do you think maybe is part of that problem like the name? This actors were too big named to be like set another no, time. No, I think they, I like Band of Brothers because I don't know any yeah, most of the people in it. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, no, no. They, I mean, they, they didn't. They kind of used that, it felt like, to like develop the characters. Like people kind of have these things they already think about. Right. Yeah. There's no like actual character development. I didn't like the scene where they pick out. <laughs> so, you know, it starts with Clooney. It's kind of like Ocean's Eleven yeah. in that he's like, I gotta get together my group. Yeah. There's even a scene with him and Matt Damon at the bar saying, right. How many does that make? Right. Think we need one more? Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, Do you think they just thought that people would like that? Yeah. But I it didn't mean... seem like meta. It seemed like kind of just Right. Lazy. Yeah, <laughs> and it, the way they showed them getting the other guys was a montage with music. Jesus there's Christ. no, there's no voice. We don't hear anything about these guys. The way we get what oh, they are is wow. they're doing something. Right. The artistic, uh, the yeah, French right. guy smoking a cigarette and hanging out on a wing of a plane, and someone yeah. walks up and he's like, yeah, the, "Thumbs up." The firearms expert. Yeah, it's just, it was all too quick. Were and, there any, were there any good Bill Murray moments? Yeah, Bill Murray had about. <laughs> like maybe six lines in the movie it felt like and two yeah. of them were funny yeah. and he was underutilized and he's just great I just like him that montage just reminds me of MacGruber I love how they he, <laughs> he crosses names off the list and it's a cheesy montage yeah. and it's just different handshakes yeah, yeah, and then yeah. they die in they the die. Yeah. yeah that is so, <laughs> that that is so, so great, so great. <laughs> no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> God. Um, underrated need to revisit absolutely that. it's so yeah. good the only thing I own on Blu-ray is <laughs> MacGruber, and I couldn't be happier. That's amazing. Do you have a shout-out movie? I do. There's a couple. I mean, that the bar the scene one was yeah, kind of one, and the montage also. Montage, yeah. uh, but there were two that kind of stood out. Um, one, at one point, they're in this underground, they're in a mine, um, finding this art. And it's just like the, the four guys left. And Matt Damon steps on an, steps on an unexploded landmine. And... He can't move, obviously, without it blowing up. Mm -hmm. But they like, so they try to rig up this thing to set on the landmine so it won't explode. And he's like, all right, guys, I'm going to take my foot off. Why don't you go, you know, around the corner and I'll step off. So if it goes, it's just me. And they're like, no, man, we're in this together. Oh, that's so stupid. Like, really, you're all just going to die? Yeah, first of all, you can't help anymore. (laughs) Yeah, might as well be around the corner. Yeah. You might go go save the art like you're supposed to instead of standing there next to a landmine. Anyway, that's crazy. It didn't blow up. But anyway, the shut-up movie I'm going with, it's just so old. So, so the one that dies that I was just explaining, he dies in a church trying to save the Madonna with child. It's a very like a famous sculpture. Um, before the Nazis come in and take it, he's hiding behind a pillar. Like with he's he went to like the church, but there's all these like priests there. It's just him, so it's kind of like a vigilante mission or whatever. But he so he's hiding behind this pillar, and the Nazi like thinks he hears something. He goes around the pillar and sees the guy. The British guy shoots the Nazi. The Nazi goes, ow! Turns and shoots the guy and kills him. Right. So it's like like he got the first shot and he dies, whatever. So in the movie, Clooney's like, <laughs> like the, it's starting to come to an end. They did their job, the four guys that survived. And it like start, it's like a close-up on Clooney's face. And then it does that thing where it like transfers to an old face. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's standing looking at the sculpture. Which I don't know if you remember, that's exactly what happened at the end of Saving Private Ryan. 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 Yeah. yeah. It shows Tell Matt me it Damon. It. And it was Matt Damon, which is funny. No. It shows Matt Damon's face and it shows him getting old and then standing at the grave Great, of right. Tom Hanks. So this was exactly <laughs> was crazy. So this was Saving Private Ryan meets Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. yeah. I did take one really important historical thing from it. Um, Hitler was a bitch. Mm-hmm. He like Famous real asshole. Did they so, have? Did they portray him? Yeah. Did they, was he in it? He was, but he didn't have any. It was like kind of like shots from behind, where he's like mm-hmm. in this room building a little fake museum. Like he has a little like. Uh, Does he have lines? No. Really, that's weird. He's like, there's one where he's like talking to a, 
Or he's like standing with his secretary who's on the phone looking at him saying something or something like that. It'd be weird to play Hitler. I think I'd yeah. be fine never seeing a World War II movie again. Yeah. Because Glorious Bastards kind of yeah. Yeah. did it right. And changed it. <laughs> they changed it, yeah. Yeah, well, I feel like somebody like Tarantino needs to do like a, a Vietnam movie. Yeah. yeah. Because I don't want to see any of that right. either. Right. Yeah, do, are we kind of like the era of war movies? Like yeah, wars yeah. are just I mean, a traditional war movie. The old, we can't really do any of the old wars anymore, yeah. right? Well, that's what we were saying last year with the, the Man Patriot of Steel. nailed revolutionary. Yeah. Right. Like the Man of Steel podcast, like the those articles about how comic book heroes have become our war movies and westerns. Like the market's yeah. not there anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's not like like <clears throat> other than I was Jarheads was Desert Storm, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's. The first Desert Storm. Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker. Oh, yeah. Hurt Locker yeah. was real good. Zero Dark Thirty's not really a war movie. No, yeah. that has yeah. a special flair yeah. to it. But there was also, one operation. what was the Damon one? Um, the Green Zone? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, like, there's definitely some about, like, current war. Yeah. But yeah, yeah that's again, where it has to go. It's hard because World War II, is, it's got this. It's like, the best real, story. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah. the, yeah. All the new the ones great are, like, war. The great war. Right. There's a general rooting interest. Yeah. Now it's like, it's a little <laughs> yeah. Who are we rooting for? Yeah, absolutely. Well, all seems shitty. With World War II, it's such it's like, yeah, easy, it's like, like yeah. good guys, bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm rooting against Hitler. Yeah. Cook Street Fan Mail. Today's question is from Ryan from San Diego. So Ryan asks, what is the most uncomfortable scene in a movie you've watched, and what made it particularly uncomfortable, e.g. the people you were watching it with, the content itself? Etc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyone want to dive right in? I, I don't. I, I don't really. The only thing I could think of was um, I saw because I feel like it has to be the theater. Generally, well, it doesn't no. have to be, but that's yeah. more. It raises your awareness a little bit. Well, unless um, you're seeing it with somebody yeah. in a very private right. setting. Yeah. If yeah. me and my grandma were watching Wolf of Wall Street. Right. Yes. Right. right. But at least you can like talk. Through the discomfort, maybe, or like, man, this came out. I don't know. I got you. Like, yeah, yeah, you kind of have to just sit there quietly. But um, I saw He Got Game with my dad. <laughs> this is a basketball movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great threesome scene. Till the well, assistant coaches come in. <laughs> <laughs> that's the theme. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, there was sex throughout. And like, honestly, yeah. He Got Game was, that was really important to my sexual awakening. Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. But I mean, well, not like my awakening, but I use the VHS. God, yeah. But the assistant coaches scene is, you know, it's porn. It is porn. It's absolutely porn. And they're not, and I just remember at that Barely point. Barely softcore. Yeah. Like it's borderline yeah. hardcore. I remember just being next to my dad, just watching oh, these man. two blondes with their boobs out, like, oh, God, Jesus. <laughs> one sitting on his just, face. Like, <laughs> it was, it's not like my dad and I were going to look at one another. Like, Tits. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how much weird. Is that weirder for your dad? Yeah, I, I, like, I wonder. I feel like if I'm a dad and I'm watching a sex scene with my son, I'm not going to be that uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I want him to see it. It depends on my age. age. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. but it's more like, don't tell your mother about this. Yeah. Right, right, right. But, yeah, I mean, it's not, I don't think we talked about it. I think we might have left the theater like, so, a lot of, a lot of nudity in there. <laughs> see, I feel like that would be more uncomfortable if you saw it with your dad at home and it was just the two of you sitting on a couch. Because at least, like, with the movie, like, the theater experience, mm-hmm. there's enough going on around you yeah. that you don't have to look at each other. But if yeah. you saw it with yeah. your dad at home, I feel like he'd yeah. say something. We'll yeah, s- you'd yeah. have to like say something, say, like, but maybe that could dispel well, it. <laughs> he'd, like he distract distract from it. Well, he'd probably be drinking. And he would have yeah. been like, hey, yeah. saucy. Yeah. <laughs> Some kind of saucy joke. <laughs> Thankfully, it wasn't with my mom. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. Yes. yes. Good so, God. I would think that's, that's probably a lot of the answers for these questions are watching graphic sex with your parents. Yeah. It's a big one. Yeah. Mutton's not. Yeah. It's sexual, but not. It's yeah. rape. No. Because rape's uncomfortable. I'm very. What? <laughs> <laughs> What's yours? Um, mine's a little weird. It's not. It's definitely not the most uncomfortable, but it's very fresh in my mind. Um, and I don't think I should have felt weird, but I really did. During her. During, With Evan. During the sex scene. <laughs> well, the, not necessarily. No, not necessarily. <laughs> it was actually because I was, felt like I was in a theater with... When I walked in with, I don't know, like, people were laughing at certain things or, like, not laughing at certain things that made me think they were maybe, yeah, I don't know. Like, they didn't, really, they didn't really laugh at the Chris and Wig choke 
choked with a cat yeah. or whatever. So then when they were trying the to watch that scene, scene later... And, and the reason I was, felt uncomfortable wasn't that it was a sex scene. First off, it was because it was with, like, a robot or whatever. And second, I don't know. The, they don't Joaquin show was anything. being, like, before it, he was acting... He did great. He acted so well, but it was so odd for me. It was, like, too real. It would be like watching you, like, try and be sexy. <laughs> he, like, po- he pointed at me just the podcast with a look of total disgust yeah <laughs> just like when he's like the biggest you? reach when he's like where do you want me to touch you it's <laughs> like God damn. Yeah. I remember feeling, feeling like impression. uncomfortable. No, he's super, like, he's so, like, vulnerable and, like, yeah. almost effeminate. In exactly, it, and yeah. I felt really, like, kind of sad and embarrassed a little bit. Like, he's yeah. getting this sexual experience, but yeah. no one's really there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what it's like? I mean, like, a worse version of this, but, like, you know, it's really uncomfortable hearing your friends hit on girls. Yeah. And, like, I, I work at a bar, and so I hear people doing this all the time, and I just constantly feel uncomfortable for it. But like, it's really embarrassing, and you wouldn't want any of your friends to listen to you do it. Right. But that's worse because it's phone sex. Yeah. And I think it's a testament to him. Like, it was so real. I felt like it was a real person. Like, watching these guys hit on girls in movies is usually so yeah. ridiculous because yeah. they're so perfect at it, and it's not awkward or anything like that. Or if it is awkward, if, it's, like, but it's, if it's overly yeah. awkward. But that's true, but a, a, lot, of, a lot of, like, Ben lines. Stiller scenes like people yeah. people have different thresholds for feeling uncomfortable yeah. and i know a lot i know some people that really cannot watch people be in embarrassing situations right. like that yeah. oh actually this is a young adult mm-hmm. uh do you remember in young adult where she she like goes to the front yard she goes to the house and they're having oh, a party yeah. outside it's like the big the, yeah. oh, it's yeah, the big yeah, fight yeah. that's yeah, been that's building i remember yeah. that one being like no 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 just don't do this. just get out of there yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah, I get that. And also, they, they, there's for the a lot of that sex scene, there's nothing on screen. Yeah, yeah. that was definitely dark. dark. It makes the audience it. aware that yeah. they're sitting with other people. Right. Yeah, exactly. Takes you out of it. Um, mine is, uh, <laughs> I don't know if any of you guys remember this movie. A movie called Four Months, Three Weeks, Two Days. Mm-hmm. So it's a Romanian movie about abortion. Um, and I was... I. <laughs> So I, I asked somebody, um, I asked somebody out, this was our first date, was like, <laughs> oh yeah, there's this really great, like I was trying to be cool, uh, there's this really great new Romanian movie. That, <laughs> it's about you weren't, something in, really you weren't like in a Romanian prison and this was like the <laughs> no, Friday night thing? No, this, <laughs> was, right. this was an actual like <laughs> proposal. Wow. Well, so what's worse about this is that, it, and maybe this is where I was coming from earlier, is that we didn't go to the theater, we went to her house. Um, and it was, yeah, it was actually, her, she was house-sitting for her parents at the time. in her parents' house and watched it in, like, her childhood bed. Um, and it is of incredibly graphic, incredibly graphic. You tried um, to be so cultured. Yeah, and so, like, <laughs> you gave it such a good it's, shot. It's a terrible balance of trying to actually hit on somebody and also mm. be like, well... I mean, this is <laughs> this is really awful. <laughs> let's try What's to, your favorite band? Let's try, to, let's try to keep a baby out of you tonight, huh? And then we, we did kind of hook up after, and mm. and it felt weird the entire time. Like all all you think about when you watch that movie is like, wow, this is, careless sex is dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like when you see Cheaper by the Dozen, you're like, ugh, I don't want to have sex tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine was. 500 Days of Summer, watched it with an ex mm. in the theater. Oh, yeah, and that's it's a the, good answer. It's deteriorating of their relationship Ooh, yeah. with one that had already ended. Yeah. It's tough. See, I'm glad it's you tough. brought that up because I was going to ask if that if that had happened to anyone. Like breakup movies yeah. with a relationship that's on the rocks. Yeah, but this was like, it, it was, was over. We were like still friends kind of and it was later yeah. than the, but it's weird. That's yeah. a good answer. Yeah. yeah. And then she said that I reminded her of ScarJo in that movie. I mean, <laughs> she broke up with her because she's an idiot. Of Zoe in that movie. Oh, which is a big insult. So she's Joseph Gordon. I mean, she didn't, wasn't she wasn't giving herself a role necessarily. No, but she's simp- she's empathizing with the lead character and yeah, yeah the girl who's not. But Zoe's her. awful in that movie. Yeah, okay. it's not a, it's not a like I was very offended. <laughs> All right, well, I guess it's time to start talking about a movie. Um, specifically, the Grand Budapest Hotel. 
by Wes Anderson. <laughs> Page one. Page one. Um, what are his credits on this movie? Screenwriter and director. Did he write it with anyone? So many research. Grand inquiry over here. That's what people say when you're getting too many questions asked to you, right? What does it mean? Was that a real... Grand inquiry? Grand inquisition. The, yeah, the, the Spanish inquisition. Spanish inquisition. <laughs> Neither words are the same. It's amazing you missed on both of those. Huh. Just reading words on the computer. It just says directed by Wes Anderson, written by Wes Anderson. Okay, interesting. So low job. That's good. Um, do you want me to run through anything? Definitely <laughs> all his movies. Do you guys know everyone in it? It's a pretty awesome cast. Yeah, see the cast. I haven't seen a preview for this. I've only seen pictures because I didn't really want to ruin it too much. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm, sure right, I'm going to... Yeah, I bet it is. I'm going to read everyone in it until I don't know okay. who knew they are. Yep, just start reading. Um, I don't know how to say her name. Sowers? <laughs> Sowers? Sowers Run. Oh, Sowers Run yeah, and the girl yeah. that's in... Hannah Lovely Bones. Yeah, Lovely Bones. Yeah. Hannah. Hannah. Yeah. She's good. She is good. Um, Ralph Fiennes, Bill Murray, Tilda Swinton, Jeff Goldblum, Jason Schwartzman, Willem Dafoe, Adrian Brody, Edward Norton, Harvey Keitel, Jude Law, Owen Wilson, Tom Wilkinson, and Bob Balaban, and, <laughs> Balaban. A, bunch, and a lot of other people. Why is I'm Balaban having this sure. renaissance? I mean, he was in Moonrise, but... But that's like a lot of people. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, is as you get added to Wes <laughs> Anderson's right. roster, when does he take who's, you off? Yeah, you don't get cut. Who's yeah. the only... Yeah, who's been cut? Tom Wilkinson is the only new name I recognize. What was Jude? That, and Ray Fiennes. Luke, Luke Wilson was kind of cut. What was Jude Law in? He, yeah, he's new too. Yeah, which I'm happy about. He, he yeah he started using actors that like almost to challenge himself. Like Tarantino yeah. used to do that when he yeah. when he had John Travolta, Travolta in yeah. Pulp Fiction. Like putting Bruce Willis in Moonrise yeah. Was, yeah. was cool. Yeah, um, you'd think it wouldn't be able to be pulled off. And it does kind of feel like that Willis, now. Like it was great. it's the like he's recognized that they're yeah. underrated because they were overrated at some point. Right, yeah. that's fair. I think he might start doing, uh, yeah, the idea, the, he'll always have, obviously, Owen Wilson and you yeah. know, Schwartzman, all these guys are going to always be around, but I do think he, like, the lead of the movie, he'll always keep different from yeah. now on. Yeah. Who degree. is the lead? Ralph Fiennes. Fiennes. First yeah. build is Ralph Fiennes and then that girl. So if we, are, are we going to keep saying Ralph, Rafe, 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 yeah. Rafe. Oh, it's Rafe. You guys, so. you guys, uncultured. I, I refuse. <laughs> Why? Where's he from? Uh, Why is there no did you say Willem or William? Defoe. That's spelled okay. Willem, too, though. Um, well, yeah, what, he can just drop L's? What, what country is he from? He's from England, not America. Yeah. Is he? Yeah, I believe he's British. Yeah. He's okay. in Harry Potter. He's got to be. I'll give him British. Rafe. He, um, <laughs> he, I'm actually really excited that he's the leader. Yeah, me I feel too. like he's been, yeah, he's he's been good. good in things for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's pretty prominent in this. Like, we've, we've been trying to avoid all articles about this. Yeah. There's definitely been a lot because... It's not a lot of good movies are out yet yep. in 2014. This yeah. is a big one, um, and it, it said that like I said, I saw something that said Grand Budapest Hotel is Wes Anderson's autobiography, to hmm. the point that I think Ray Fiennes is playing Wes Anderson to some degree. So I don't know what that means because I didn't right. click on it. And yeah. That's why I'm glad we're recording this podcast <laughs> so I can immediately go read about it. But, um, it's interesting that. Do you, can I read a quick synopsis? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> the Grand Budapest Hotel recounts the adventures of Gustav H., a legendary concierge at a famous European hotel between the wars, and Zero mm. Mustafa, the lobby boy who becomes his most trusted friend. The story involves the theft and recovery of a priceless Renaissance painting and the battle for an enormous family fortune, all against the backdrop of a suddenly and dramatically changing continent. In between the two wars, that's interesting. Yeah, that's when is that time ever? Yeah. yeah, when is that time ever? That's true. <laughs> yeah, I think there is like a timeless because I know because I'm pretty sure the country's invented too. They don't. Uh, yeah, they don't ever. They don't ever place it. They yeah. just say Europe because they yeah. said the continent, but right. they don't have a. Okay. Yeah, just cool. Who's playing Zero? Um, I think it's a no name. Yeah. Mm. When's that kid from Moonrise Kingdom gonna be back? Yeah, he's great. He was yeah, great. He's probably I mean, through, that doesn't mean he'll be good in anything else, but... I imagine he's yeah. going through some awkward voice That's changing fair. right now, and then he'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to pop up on Game of Thrones so in five years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, uh, I also saw, um, got sent an article um, from AJ that was like, they, he filmed it, Wes filmed it uh, in different aspect ratios, depending on the time period that it was supposed to be. Yeah, I heard there's three Crazy. different aspect whatever, ratios. Whatever the aspect ratio was of film at the time. 
That's, that's gonna be awesome. A, amazing. And so how long does it take place over? I don't know. Interesting. Well, the, in the article, they talk about the different periods, so I think it yeah. must be 30 years. Wow. Because the, the, the last one's like 86, and I think it starts in the 50s. Holy so. cow. Okay. How long is it? One hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Do we even do we need to preface that at this point, that we all love Wes Anderson? <laughs> I think it's to an he's, extreme, extreme He's amount. the only person in movies where... Each of his releases is an event in my life. Yeah. yeah. And is... You remember where you were in your life. Yeah. And is something that I... It's a must-see in theaters at this point. So let's... Yeah. yeah. Since we're talking about this, let's just yeah. refresh everyone's memory. Absolutely. And I'm gonna, I'll drop the Rotten Tomato score with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can see how the critics feel, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's be some 1996, Bottle Rocket. Yeah. 84%. Okay. What, what would you put it at? When I saw it, I'd put it above that. Right. But now... now in the pantheon of Wes Anderson, it's I'm cool maybe dropped a little I'm pretty cool with 84. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like yeah. 75 would yeah. be okay with me too. Yeah. I still think Bottle Rocket There's some great is the funniest is, to yeah. some degree. Owen, Will, Owen, Owen Wilson. Owen is amazing. He's just, that yeah. is the funniest character of any movie. That's so. fair. I think so. Dignan is amazing. Dignan is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I actually want to watch Ain't it no again. trip to Cleveland. Just thinking about, I want to go back and read his Spiral Notebook. Oh, the five-year plan, thirty-year plan, whatever it is. Develop hobbies. Oh god, develop hobbies. So good. So that was his intro. Ninety-eight was Rushmore, eighty-seven percent writer-director. Two thousand two producer writer-director Royal Tenenbaums, eighty-one percent. Hmm. Uh, I thought that would have been been higher than Rushmore in the critics. 81. Yeah. Rushmore, 81. So that was wow. the third so far. Yeah. But Maybe. also, Tenenbaums might be weird. I mean, Bottle Rocket and Rushmore, was he that known at that point? No. Because like, yeah. they don't even list no. um, the amount of money it made in the theaters for those two movies. Royal right. Tenenbaums was definitely the first. The yeah. coming out. People yeah. talk yeah. about it. Yeah, everyone wanted to work with him. The cast was huge. Right. Yeah. He was lucky to get Bill Murray yeah. for Rushmore. Right. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tenenbaums was 81%. 2004... Director, producer, screenwriter, Aquatic Life. <laughs> aquatic Life? <laughs> Is that real? I was like, no. I, <laughs> Just <laughs> mix Sorry. up the words. Aquatic Life. Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, 53%. Unreal. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's going to be the that's only one that's even the most close to that range. How yeah. Did, how did that happen? I don't know. What, what is Darjeeling? Darjeeling might be kind of... I yeah. bet that's 70s. Darjeeling, 68. Yeah. Okay. And that was... 2007. Between there was Squid and the Whale at 93%. But he didn't. That was a producer. Yeah. Right. It's crazy because they got to the point, like, it seems like with Life Aquatic, the, the dialogue was that it's Wes Anderson being Wes Anderson. And then immediately after that, it was like, this is Wes Anderson being Wes Anderson. It's like appreciating yeah, it's him thing, for the same sudden, shit that he was doing. And Life Aquatic strange. is so good. It's the best. It's the best. <laughs> it's I don't... Yeah, we've, we've talked about this. I just yeah, don't get why... Looking at it, you'd think all the other ones would be... The same, yeah. I don't know. If you don't like that. that. If you don't like that style or that humor, the reason it's why all of a sudden... Were the other ones broad? I think the reason it's my favorite so. is because it steps outside of what he does yeah. more than anything. Like, yeah. There's a lot of... I mean, character dies in it. Like, it's it's kind of... It's the most raw, I yeah. think, thing he does. But, yeah, that's that's bizarre. That's very bizarre. That the narrative of oh well, this is his shtick right. was already going on back then. Right. It's weird that it's pretty amazing that he walked in with, with I mean, with Rushmore, and had his his style so fully developed. Yeah. But yeah, but Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket doesn't really get the style yeah, as much. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Rushmore, I felt like is where it really it, hit. Rushmore that. looks yeah. exactly yeah. like movies, like yeah. his movies right. now. A lot of a lot of calligraphy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, after that, 2009, director, producer, screenwriter, Fantastic Mr. Fox was 92%. Mm, yeah. And then in 2012, same credits, Moonrise Kingdom, 94%. Pshh. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the, you know, barring I mean, Life Aquatic and Darjeeling, the critics really like them, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get... Yeah. I don't get how you could... Approve of all of them, but anyway. yeah, <laughs> like if, right. if it, I think Bottle Rocket is the one that you could say, like, eh, you know, right, getting it started, low Had, budget, hadn't quite hit a stride yet. <laughs> yeah, in yeah all and Darjeeling, facets, but Darjeeling takes yeah. it doesn't take a step forward necessarily. It's kind yeah. of like a t- step to the side, but like the other, it's a little I different. I think yeah, I think story wise, it's a little problematic with yeah. like the mom part. Right. Yeah, 
it's not as clean, right? The way the way that movie kind of ends, but yeah, that's true. It's weird that uh, yeah, the last two. He's really good at endings, though. <laughs> yeah, <I know>. I'm. <laughs> I'm really happy with every other. Are you, are you happy with ending? the Moonrise ending? Oh God, yeah, absolutely. Um, were. I don't Which know. part? Like the when him being the cadet? <laughs> no, like hanging off of the church. Oh, and the picture yeah. Of like stick figures and it, that yeah, whole scene. I think it looks, looks great. So great. But yeah. the scene in the church, yeah, it seemed kind of not like Seinfeldy, but like just right. the, all these things converging right. at once. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I love Moonrise, but I think that worked because it was a movie about kids. Like that yeah. made more yeah. sense. What's weird is the last two things he's done either starred kids or was an animation. Yeah. Right. It's like this is kind of maybe this will lead to more seriousness in Grand Budapest. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't I don't get the and SNL did a great parody of yeah of his style and what they do it for. It was just for um, it was a horror movie yeah. right that he would do. But I mean they nailed everything about his style. What I what I hate about it and of course I'm going to be defensive about him because I just. He's my favorite artist ever. Um, is that people pat themselves on the back for recognizing patterns right. in what he does? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, no shit. That's what he yeah. does. Yeah. A lot of people have signature styles. The point is, yeah. is that Director should he's knocking made. out the park every time. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Enjoy it. Directors should have styles. I'm, and <laughs> I'm glad that he's been making movies for 18 years and he's had seven great ones about to be eight. Yeah. Like, that's a lot. We do a lot of these directors and actors. We're like, oh, they're selectors. There's, they're there's a dud. There's a dud. But yeah. it's interesting that I, I, I do duds. feel like that dialogue doesn't really exist all that much anymore of people saying, you know, this is the same old shit from him. Yeah, like, I heard that after Moonrise a lot. Really? I mean, yeah. I, I heard that, but it's still got 94. Yeah. I don't know many critics, so these are just people I know. But. Yeah, but it's articles you read. I'm, I'm, I mean, like, there's people who either like his stuff or don't. Like, he's not yeah. getting any new fans. Right. You know, people are some people are really put off by his style. And he's not going to put out something all of a sudden, bar, like, other than maybe Fantastic Mr. Fox, that, like, gets people who didn't like earlier movies to yeah. like this one. Right. right. So, I don't know. It just seems like, for the most part, I stopped hearing that, but maybe I just stopped listening. It's weird to me that, that, I mean, he's he's an auteur, basically, and then there aren't that many of those writer-director, all-control, singular-vision guys left. I mean, it's like him, Paul Thomas Anderson. Like, David Fincher's not. No, I, don't, I think if you don't write... David O. Russell. Squirt, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, like... like He writes everything. Yeah, but the, it doesn't... Auteur, like, it's... His movies don't feel necessarily all that connected visually or thematically. Yeah. I mean, like, I Heard Huggabees is a complete different movie yeah. than anything else he's ever done. Yeah. I think he's developing more of his, at least the last couple. But maybe that's because he's using the same actors. But certainly not on the level, it's on the same, like, the, the level that... Where you, Tarantino, undeni- Tarantino. Where you undeniably Tarantino. know a movie right. is directed by Scorsese, a like, yeah. Scorsese up until, like, the shutter, like, the recent Scorsese. Right, I mean, right. You know, the... the Really, the last twenty years. Yeah, I was like Goodfellas. I'd say probably is the last one. Yeah, but like Spike Lee, Tarantino, Thomas Anderson, Paul Thomas Anderson's impressive because you can't necessarily, you wouldn't necessarily know it was him, right? But you would just say, wait a minute, this is genius. Oh, it's because he did it. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and it's three hours, and there's music the entire time. I mean, like there's definitely (laughs) elements that he always. Yeah, I think what I like about Wes's movies the most is the package. That it ha- like it's gorgeous. They're always gorgeous, yeah. assuming that you like the symmetrical, like flat style they have, and it's funny. But that's subjective, so maybe you don't like the funny thing. But I don't. I don't think there's a better comedy writer out there. And music, like it's yeah. the whole package. So I don't get why anyone. If people don't like that sense of humor, that's right. one thing. But it still seems like there should be something in there. There's so many details. There's so many peculiarities that you know you can kind of bite into. Um, but I guess it's what people get tired of. There's all, there's all these, you know, like, Wes Anderson bingo and Wes Anderson, like, yeah. drinking game of, like, whenever a old vintage audio equipment comes up. Right, but, yeah. You know. And that's, yeah, he has his own tropes. I'm yeah. sure he would admit that. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't get the problem. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, exactly. Well, also, they're tropes that only exist for him. Like, right, It's not yeah. like you get fatigued from watching exactly. other stuff. Right. Yeah. You know what's awesome is, of his now eight movies, is there, there's no characters that couldn't be... In that same in world. Same, yeah, it's absolutely. the same world, but eight different. You know, it wouldn't be like Spielberg, you know, whatever. Jurassic, Jurassic Park's not talking to the Super 8 guy or something. Like, right. Max yeah. Fisher could hang out with yeah. Steve Dizzo. Yeah. 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 
That's cool. It's 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 I want two things I'm worried about is the the fact that it's at a hotel. I feel like we're running out of like these small communities for him to like yeah. let's do one yeah. at a high school, let's one do one at a summer camp, ship, one basically. one on a train, one on a ship, <laughs> yeah. one on a hotel. Like I guess if the next one's like at a hospital or something. <laughs> I, I it'd be interesting if he just did a just two or three character movie where it wasn't about like well, where I'm, they were. I'm, I wonder how much like if this story is is really completely focused on fines because that was what was crazy about Life Aquatic is that Bill Murray's in every scene. Everything else he does is you know dependent on the entire cast. Um, yeah. So I, I wonder with this one if if he kind of focuses that way on fines. I bet it's yeah. But the fact that they're saying it's an autobiography. I'm guessing that being a hotel, you know, manager is very similar to being a director. Yeah. Like, he's just always got all these moving parts right. that he's... Yeah. So it'll be focused on fines, but it'll be... I mean, with that cast, you're going to have them yeah, you got in it. and out of a lot in the sure. hotel lobby, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know what struck me about the trailer for this one? And, and I, I remember seeing Moonrise Kingdom, or the trailer for that the first time. Um, and thinking it looked great, but or like interesting. The trailer for this is really funny. Like mm. there's a couple really funny like laugh out loud moments. Should we watch it? Yeah. I oh think yeah, it's a really good time. She's been murdered, and you think I did it? Hey! Stop! You're looking so well, darling. You really are. I don't know what sort of cream they've put on you down at the morgue, but I want some. This is Madame D's last will and testament to Monsieur Gustave H. I bequeath a painting known as Boy with Apple. Wow. What? Who's Gustave H? I'm afraid that's me, darling. If I learn you ever once laid a finger on my mother's body, living or dead, I go to bed with all my friends. Seemed very madcap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, I mean, the, the frantic too. song. Yeah. He must be an amazing model maker. <laughs> like the model of the hotel, they always have those amazing yeah. things. Who does that for him? Yeah, the it's probably a family member. Yeah, yeah. they're amazing. Life Aquatic, yeah. Yeah. the cross section of the ship. Right, exactly. Yeah, we read an article recently where he was talking about how you know, I mean, obviously everything's so theatrical, but he never, he didn't like do plays growing up. Like he stopped when he was like seven. So it's not like he has like a full life of, of that experience. It's this is him wanting like he wanted to do that, but this is him getting a chance to do it. I'm pretty interesting. It's yeah. crazy that his movies could be performed on stage, right. and you wouldn't it wouldn't change anything visually. Yeah, yeah, it'd be easy to do with set pieces. And I'm all of yeah. a sudden nervous that that's what he's gonna switch to soon. Yeah. yeah well, but you know, I, I'm kind of I I, I, I kind of want him to do something different. As much as yeah, I'm saying yeah. that I hate that people get sick right. of it, I do think that I've peaked on this style. Right. Like, I've already, Royal Tenenbaum's Life Aquatic, got it. And then now it's just like, yeah, I know it's going to be great, but it's going to be similar to what I've seen. So I understand, like, he's not going to win Best Picture ever unless he does something completely different. Yeah. yeah. Or at least get nominated. I'll never win it. But. but that's, I think that's just kind of what happens with people. Like, like a musician, like you love, their style, you love an album or something like that, um, and you love that style, and then they do something different. And like, even if they do something great, you never love it as much as you loved the first Blink thing. Blink 182 Paradox. Out, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Boxcar Racer, you just can't get behind it. <laughs> Speak for yourself, brother. I feel so horny. What is that one? It's not horny. No. But it's I feel so. I feel so lonely. Wasted. I think it just changes everything. It just grew his hair out. But I mean, there are bands that you still like. Obviously, Kanye tries to switch it up sometimes. Arcade Fire just had the new. Right, but Neon Bible is still going to be your life aquatic. Yeah, but I don't know. I I thought Inglorious Bastards was different than what Tarantino's been doing, and that's my favorite. I think now. Me too, but I don't love Tarantino the way I love. Like Wes Anderson is is the you know Connor Roberster. Like when when. When you describe something as your favorite, it's really hard to replace it with something else that they did. Also. Yeah, yeah. But it's nice to like if they say he switched it up completely and it didn't look or completely sound yeah. like they normally did. Then you'd be extra excited for when he returned to that form. Absolutely. You know, it's sweet and sour. Yeah. Well, it's cool. He did a he did Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, yeah. He still challenges himself. Would you want? <laughs> would you want like a straight drama though? No, I wouldn't want the writing waste, change. Yeah, you wouldn't want to yeah. waste that comedic timing and writing. And Yeah, th- this trailer was one of the funnier trailers I've seen yeah, in a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, it's funny. The, the music used to be 
I, something I really noticed a lot, but I, I feel like the last couple movies, it wasn't as much of a payoff as yeah. yeah. Rushmore, Royal Tenenbaums yes. have, like, soundtracks. Yeah, people right. point to those. Moonrise, like, you wouldn't Pro really movies. think of yeah. as... Life Aquatic was its own thing. Its own yeah. Thing. Darjeeling had some good stuff. Like, Kinks. Yeah. yeah, Kinks, that's right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I basically, at this point, just give me one killer slow motion shot with the yeah, perfect right. song behind it. Yeah, and, yeah, I, mean, yeah, yeah I mean, that's the complaint, but slow motion's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen Gwyneth get off the bus yeah. to these so days? Well yeah. done. Come on, man. Ugh. Yeah. There's no one better. No, there really isn't. <laughs> it's going to be hard to, uh, to bet on this. Yeah. Because yeah. there's no other scores needed. No, there's no, no other scores. Um, one interesting thing. What's a good comp? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So it hasn't come out yet, um, wide release, but it came out in, I think, New York and L.A. Why did it do that? Um, <laughs> on four screens and made made over 800 grand on four screens in one weekend, That's which is yeah. $202,000 per screen, which yeah. is almost 50% above the previous record. Wow. So, like, wow. Seriously? A lot of people are excited yeah. about it. Or, that's, or ticket price is just crazy. Well, that's, like, see, I couldn't, couldn't be that much. Like, I couldn't just, really gauge that, like, whether Wes has really you know, gotten big enough. And well, I think Moonrise didn't now. make much. Yeah. In L.A. and New York, too. I mean, the, right. in 2012, the previous... That's not going to be the, rec- that's not gonna yeah, be the average which screen in Iowa. Right. Exactly. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. What a, can you run through... Uh, Ray Fiennes quickly, just because he's kind of the wild card in this, I guess. If I don't think it really changes the score. He has to, he's yeah. pretty funny in Made in Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, he is. Just baiting you, just setting him up for you. Know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like he has to carry this movie to a certain degree, by the, if the trailer's any. He's pretty versatile. Yeah. Like, he's he's yeah, straight he's... up creepy and in Bruges. Like, he's... Yeah. Oh, yes, he's awesome. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, he's, he's in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, Red, he's done a lot Red of Dragon. Movies. That movie oh, never yeah. gets talked about. Red Dragon was good. Was it good? I always like Ed Norton when he's investigating things. Yeah, you got yeah. to. He's smart. What else? Well. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> he's That's looking for American History X. Else? He was investigating, you know. Seems like in this himself. Movie he's himself. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Primal Fear. He was investigating the art of lying. Yeah. The art of <laughs> Um, so he's done the Harry Potter movies. He's done um, the Hurt Locker, In Bruges, The Reader, Skyfall, Great Expectations, The English Patient, right? The English Patient. Mm. How did Con- that win Best The Constant Gardener. The Constant Gardener. Yeah, English Patient's good. Yeah. Schindler's List. No, <laughs> oh, I didn't care for that. <laughs> Up- uproarious. <laughs> yeah, not that many comedies. No one's ever been bad in a Wes Anderson. No, that's true. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He killed it in the preview. <laughs> yeah, he did. Good timing. Yeah. He, he was good. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, who has been bad in a Wes Anderson? Is there a character or an actor that you didn't like in a Wes Anderson? I, Adrian Brody, I, I don't love him like I love almost everyone else. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. In Darjeeling. It could have been really anyone. Yeah. That's true. That's good But point. he doesn't stick out either. Yeah. As bad. I think he puts some care into who he picks. Yeah, yeah. and is a director. Yes, he can direct them to do what is <laughs> do it better needed <laughs> for that style. The I feel like I feel like I didn't love Harvey Keitel in, yeah. in Moonrise. Yeah, he didn't stand. He out felt at like all. Harvey Keitel. He did a little bit. Whereas like Bruce Willis didn't. That's true. Yeah. Which I, yeah, is very hard to do. You know, Frances McDormand was in that. I'd like to yeah. see her use more. She's definitely yeah. fits in absolutely the crew. Did you hear about Fargo, the TV series? Oh, no. Is it the Coen brothers? I don't know who's involved. They'll get money. Yeah, <laughs> they're probably not involved in the writing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't see why they would. That's like... With really good movie careers. It's weird that network television still takes ideas that were popular and makes them into shitty TV shows. Like the oh, Avengers show. Like, think, yeah. But, like, you don't hear... Friday Night Lights it, Unless you watch... I think that's what it, it is. I think that's what... But unless you watch thing. TV, you don't see, ever hear about this stuff. Yeah. Like, you hear that it is being created, and then you never hear about it. Well, and then it's just a cycle. Like, let's bring back the Sherlock story. Oh, we have a good TV series now. Right. Yeah. Now they might make another... Oh, I guess they did Robert Downey Jr. They did, yeah. But still, but yeah, but a successful that, TV show, right. and then they're going to redo the movie now. And, like, <laughs> and then, but like, that Sherlock show that's on Holmes, right? With Lucy Liu and... Elementary. Elementary. That's been on for like four seasons or something. Everything really? everything stays on CBS for at least four seasons. They get it to syndication, then they just pump out that money. Wow. Print money. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, yeah, and isn't the Bates Motel 
Yeah. That's, that's right. Just, it's not that great of a story. No. It's like, I don't think it's... Once you know the ending. No, I don't think it's based on that, though. I think his mom is in the, mo- in the show. Oh. Who's? His mom's alive. It's like an alternative. Uh, yeah. yeah, but it's either alternative or early. early. Yeah. I guess it's early. early on. It's just yeah. him being Still, like the fact mother. That yeah. could be any story. I know. But they need to have a... But it's in the world of Psycho. Right. It's like, is Hitchcock directing it? No. Because right. that's important. Yeah. TV. Yeah. I'm going to jump back to this uh, limited release thing mm-hmm. in L.A. and New York. You know, it got me thinking about New York a little bit. Mm-hmm. Did you guys hear about um, how Liam Neeson recently like blasted the mayor... Of New York for not supporting the horse carriage industry in New York City. Huh. What a strange. I know. <laughs> it's a the, weird sense. This hipster mayor wants to replace all the horse carriages in New York with hybrid taxis. <laughs> he called the mayor a hipster? No, I'm calling him a hipster. <laughs> he wants hybrid taxis. Total dick. Anyway, it kind of <laughs> highlights a, an important issue. Um, as cars become more and more available and commuters are less enticed by slow, Bumpy rides behind an open-air horse butthole. Horses are going to lose jobs. Okay, that's what's going to happen, and in turn, their homes. Uh, the Here guys, air. the guys at Stable Stables Rescue Mission, provide living quarters for these beautiful creatures. They provide food sometimes, and plenty of horse-sized cubbies for them to lay in. And luckily, the glue-making capacity of their bones only increases with age, so they let them die naturally. <laughs> a horse it's is a funny. horse, of course, of course. But what is a horse without a home? It's a homeless horse. Of course, of course. And it's a shame. And there... Um, the, so thanks a lot to the guys at Stable Stables. You know, mm. when I read this ad, I kind of realized they didn't really ask for anything. They just kind of wanted to... <laughs> brag. It's, yeah, it's not yeah. really donations or anything. I, I think they make so much off the glue that it's more just like, hey, we're... we're it great. wasn't even really clear that they were sponsoring us either. <laughs> no, well, I just wanted to thank them yeah, for, for, for giving us God's money. work. <laughs> You, see, you seem to read a lot of ads with rhyming. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird that you always get those. Yeah. Well, they, just, they know I read them well, so they know when I'm yeah. going to host, they contact yeah. us. Each, so. each of us have a style, yeah. and yours is rhyming. Thanks, yeah. Stable Stables, of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, we're ready for that. Now, is Wes Anderson ever going to get nominated for anything? Kind of depresses me. It's weird. He's never been nominated. I don't think a script. I think Moon, no Moonrise was yeah. nominated for screenplay. Screenplay. So a ninety-four percent movie didn't get any directing credit. Like what was up for best director? Yeah, it's that weird there? because I don't think like the writing best screenplay doesn't quite feel right with him because it's so much of what. It's more like giving him a nod is why you. Yeah, do that. that's right. not that the screenplay is not good, but right, the screenplay is like good, but so something. much is about the way it looks and yes, feels. True. So he was nominated for. Best Original Screenplay mm-hmm. in 2013 for Moonrise. Nominated for Best Animated Feature Film. Fantastic Mr. Yes. Fox. Didn't How did win. that not win? I mean, nominated, it says. Maybe it won. It just says nominated. Oh, no, it would, it would say won, I think. Um, so was Moonrise nominated for... he was for... also nominated for um, Best Writing. Best Writing? Best Writing Screenplay Written Directly for the Screen. Yeah. Best screenplay, I guess, for Tenenbaums. Yeah, okay. Nominated. Yeah, that's the nod they'll give him. He yeah. is phenomenal at it. Yeah, yeah that's great good. Um, but was Moonrise nominated for like a Golden Globe for like because they do best comedy or musical? Mm. I feel like his movies should at least get a nomination yeah. for that kind, yeah. and I'd be happy because like Hangover won. Yeah. yeah, the Hangover one for best comedy. Wow, it, it frustrates me because I feel like he's like Tim Duncan or Tony Gwynn. It's just like doesn't really swing for the fences, but he's so consistent that it deserves recognition. Yeah, for sure. Like maybe he'll get an, he'll get a career achievement award at the Oscars in thirty years. Yeah, when he has zero misses. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He's still young. He he's gonna do something totally different at some point. Yeah, yeah. So you guys feel pretty good about this. Is there anything else you want to? Real quick, just run the scores first to West last. Anderson? Don't say the titles. Just the scores. Yeah. Um, no, I need to leave out one of these. Quick away. Not by score. Um, 84. This is going old. Go, yeah, today. old. Yeah. Yeah. 84, 87, 81, 53, 68, 92, 94, 100. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so lock in your scores. I have no idea. <laughs> and I, and I know it's, it's so tough. I know it's just a range of five numbers. But really, five? Yeah. Hmm. I have a range of five. You know it's a range of five. <laughs> well, I feel like the range is five. All right, well, you're going to go last. <laughs> Seems bold, though. Evan, no, you think it's between five numbers, yeah. guaranteed? Yeah. 
Okay. Evan, let's hear your guess first. Okay. Um, I went with 86%. It's within the range. Okay. <laughs> then I guess there is a range of five. So you're, you're, I guess I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good, but yeah, I think it'll do a little bit worse than Moonrise for critics. But, come on. It's going to yeah. be good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I apparently think that the range is a little bigger. Okay. Um, I went high. I think that the Rotten Tomatoes has been giving high scores. We've seen a lot Damn. of high scores this year for movies that are out early, like early scores on something. I said 93. Yeah. I thought the range, really the range I was looking at was 86 to 94. It was a little bit more than five. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went 90. All right, so 86, 90, 90. 90. 93. 93. So 89 is the magnum? Yeah. So 89 is over under. So Justin's safe. Yeah. Yeah. Anything under 90, Travis sees alone. It's weird that I feel very uncomfortable. Anything with over 90. Which is crazy because there's only a 10%. That's. Hmm. Um, we missed a smack by 1%. Oof. Wow. It's 89 is the magnum. It's 89%. I fucking knew it! 89% so, with 103 wow. reviews counted. Oh, okay. That's a lot. Yeah. So you were four off. Yeah. Okay, cool. So then it was the magic number. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Okay. He's got he's he's motherfucking consistent. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Your range was the average was Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, median. We'll read the uh, synopsis of the critics. Typically stylish but deceptively thoughtful, the Grand Budapest Hotel finds Wes Anderson once again using ornate visual environments to explore deeply emotional ideas. Hmm. Just tucks you in nice. Yeah. Deceptively yeah. thoughtful. Yeah, that's fuck interesting. Yourself. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen Wes Anderson before? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's normally yeah. no depth to his writing. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, thanks for listening. We are Cook Street Productions. You can find more podcasts, our web series, and our sketches on Facebook and YouTube or our website, cookstproductions.com. Follow us on Twitter at cook underscore st. And um, keep, keep on doing all the... Great, the no, you know keep. <laughs> that's, our, that's our slogan. Please finish this. Please finish it. Just uh, you know, follow 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 your heart and follow us on Twitter. I dream of rain, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Desert Rose or something. It's a sting. It's a sting. Desert Rose and I forgot until that very second I had to do a song. I wanted to cut myself off. It seemed like you were leading into it, though. I don't know. I thought it was just some tick you did when you were stammering. <laughs>